John Richards and Andy Gilly are celebrating the holidays with Santa Slays. Talking about all the Christmas-themed horror movies. That sounds cool. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Horrorphoria podcast. It is Wednesday, December 23rd of 2020. We're continuing Santa Slays month. In fact, wrapping it up this week with episode 90 from director John McFall. Anna and the Apocalypse from 2017 broadcasting from our... If you can't do a movie, you might as well sing it, studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. There's no such thing as a Hollywood ending. It's Andy Gilly. I'm sorry you had to hear my singing there. That's so terrible. I I, I don't mean to expose these listeners. See, we got a carol to the the listeners of the Horror For You podcast. Uh, We want to wish everybody a a very Merry Christmas. Um, uh, We'll be back next week for uh, our best of 2020. But, man, wrapping up Santa Slays Month. We've had some gems, man. (laughs) There's been some gems gems all right and this is one of them oh and i did want to wish your wife sarah happy birthday her oh, birthday yeah. is tomorrow you Thank guys you. got big plans sarah's birthday is tomorrow yeah our party is tonight mm-hmm. uh we're just uh with a, a couple friends that we're already exposed to all the time anyway so um should be that, fun that tight circle right the tight circle yes the circle of trust right exactly right all right uh horror movie news horror movie news crew members from the upcoming resident evil film received a t-shirt this week with an image that will be familiar to those who've played the game the head turner zombie grace's shirt which was given to the production team upon completion of the film i saw the original image of this zombie from the ps1 and uh and the reboot and uh which came out on the ps3 i think the uh, reboot did i thought the reboot image was actually the original image and i thought what man it looks bad these days <laughs> the ps1 image yeah it, it's gonna be live action right oh yeah yeah okay uh, i just remember thinking like on the when the, when it came out on ps1 that it was like photorealistic it is not but the image that's on this t-shirt de- is definitely what that's supposed to be it's supposed to be that particular zombie from the the video game which is really cool i really like the idea of you know paying homage or you know having it having the story do a little bit more to having a little bit more to do with the uh the original video we'll game. follow it closer cool. for sure i did see some yeah. other pictures they had a picture of the stars um um uh, 45 millimeter or 45 whatever uh, 45 oh, yeah. Yeah. and then they had the the leaves Oh, okay. The, the blue, yeah. the green, and the red, you know, like where you mix them up. And yes, okay, yeah, that's right. I saw, that's I saw right. an image of that. Really? I, I was that's like, awesome. That's I didn't rad. see that. I didn't see that. So the 45 cal and the... Uh and the uh, leaves that you use to mix up the healing potions and so stuff. So heal you completely. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Or whatever. That's really cool. No, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Well, speaking of imagery, Bloody Disgusting in an exclusive shared another still from Death Rider in the House of Vampires. That, you know, we, we haven't been, we, what did we do the podcast on Friday? We already got more Death Rider in the House of Vampires news. I'm so excited. Nice. Uh, <laughs> this one features Devin Sow and Kim Director. Danzig said, without giving too much away, this is their vampiric love scene, which is something I know a little bit about now that my, you know, I had that collaboration with uh, Claire Harley. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll uh, talk about the end of the podcast because yeah. we cannot forget to mention those. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I love Kim Director, man. I, I think like half the reason I like and made you watch Blair Witch 2 has to do with her. I'm kind of infatuated oh, that's with her. her. Yeah, that's Kim Director. The, uh, you know, the, I think she was kind of the goth chick in goth Blair Witch, yeah. Witch 2. Yeah, I love her. The Green Knight just got a release date. We, report, we reported on this movie a while ago when it was uh, delayed without a date. Uh, it'll be now in theaters July 30th, 2021. 
if there's any theaters left, of course. Uh, this is a 24 movie. tells the story of Sir Gawain, played by Dev Patel, rated R for violence, some sexuality, and graphic nudity, which is why I'm excited about it. That was kind of like, it's the horror version of Excalibur, right? That's what it seems like, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, writer, director, producer David Giller has passed away from cancer at age 77. Mm. His first producing credit came with Ridley Scott's Alien. He also produced Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, and Borlet, Delova Blood. Yep. One of those much better than the other, obviously. <laughs> uh, certainly our condolences go out to Mr. Giller's family. Yes, sir. Sure. David Gordon Green and Blumhouse are, are Blumhouse. Jeez, how did I say that? Bl- David Gordon Green and Blumhouse are producing a sequel to The Exorcist. So we talked about the there being a sequel in the works from Blumhouse uh, on The Exorcist a while back, but the project's details were scant at the time. They remained a little sketchy, but uh, Green is now in, direct, uh, in talks to direct it. Uh, same team has produced the Hollywood se- or Halloween sequels, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Those are supposed to be coming out in the ne- over the next two. Did they push back Halloween? I'm sorry, sidetracked. Halloween ends to 2022. I believe they did, yeah. Kills is coming out. This year. Or 2021, I'm sorry. Yeah, so October of 2021, yeah. and then the next one comes out the following year. Yeah, getting ahead of myself. I'm just anticipating the end of 2020 here, so. Well, if they could, <laughs> if they could do a sequel that was worthy, because The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, Heretic, or whatever Heretic, it was. Heretic, yeah. Was awful. Then the third one was fantastic. Yeah, actually, Exorcist 3 is pretty good. It's really good. And, you know, I love these Halloween sequels that Blumhouse did, and maybe they can treat this right. And, you know, we really excoriated this idea when when we learned about it, but, you know, I remember we really kind of thought it was a bad idea. Uh, well, if it's a sequel, it might be better. I mean, if, yeah, you're, if you're doing a like a reboot, reboot that would be a really bad. And I think that's kind of the way it was. Uh, that's the way it was reported at the time. Uh, like a couple of weeks. I don't know. It was like a week or two months ago or something that we reported on. On uh, you know there being a I don't know, reboot or sequel in the works. Uh, and uh, I think they called it a reboot at the time, which I really thought was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree with that. I mean, it's we had like, a nice it's long of- talk about how dumb that was a lot of people's favorite horror movie of all time and doing that right. is kind of like ugh. right exactly so i don't know maybe this will be kind of interesting to see i'll definitely we'll definitely have to check it out yeah for sure yeah all, all right. right that's it not a whole lot going on uh horror movie trivia our main protagonist ella hunt actually was featured in another prolific musical from 2012 what was it a musical from 2012. She was a uh, background singer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too steeped on musicals, unfortunately. So, uh, what uh, what was that? Les Miserables. Oh, Les Miserables. Okay. Huh, interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul K., the villainous headmaster in this film, is known for his portrayal of Thoros of Mir on the Game of Thrones series. In that series, he is killed by a zombie. It isn't an undead person, though. It's an undead zombie animal. What kind of zombie animal kills Thoros? In it was Game a of horse. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> a zombie bear. <laughs> okay. Kills him. I've, I've maybe seen one that. episode of that show. Yeah, I really like Sarah was my wife was a big fan of Game of Thrones. I, I caught a couple episodes because of that. But, Did she uh, hate the ending? Did she? Yes, hate yes. She really hated the ending. I think most Game of Thrones fans did. Yeah, that's all but, I uh, But yeah, I, I mean, there was, there was some pretty cool stuff in it. There was a dragon attack that was kind of neat, but um, 
yeah, yeah. The ending, I guess, left much to be desired for true fans. Absolutely. So. All right. Andy's Chainsaw Plot. All right. High school students sing, dance, and hack their way through hordes of zombies during Christmas. <laughs> That's perfect. Pretty much says it. All right. All right. Here's your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Anna and the Apocalypse from 2017 in its entirety. It's actually on multiple formats. So if you have not seen the movie, uh, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come find out what we thought about it. Andy, initial thoughts of Anna and the Apocalypse. Did you actually pick this or did I pick this? I don't remember. Where did we find this? This is a zombie musical. I don't really remember. Here's the conversation that we had in October is we said <laughs> when we're going into Santa Slay's month, yeah. we want to do some more modern ones. The only one that yeah. wasn't was Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, two right. but we thought we would have some fun with that one. So I don't know necessarily who picked that. Yeah. So I hate musicals. I hate zombie movies, but I'm going to try to be objective here. I could you know, go on a rant and come up with what I think are clever pejorative terms, gross about how I hated this movie and I don't think it'd be very helpful but if you like musicals and you like zombie movies this may appeal to you and the job of someone reviewing the film should be to you know measure film on its own merit not based on what I like uh, I certainly would not have watched this if we weren't doing this podcast right. and had right. already talked about it and I was afraid like somebody was very excited about this and to hear our take on it uh, so I'm going to try to be fair to uh, Anna and the Apocalypse it's got some things to like about it mm-hmm. uh, uh, even if you don't like musicals and zombie movies, uh, just as a side note, you know what I hate? I hate those little logo movies for studios at the beginning of films. And there's like a ha- there's like a dozen of them, and you know there's little movies that uh, it's like uh, like Orion and the oh, the stars oh, the, the studios stuff. produced by yeah. production of yes. studio. There was like a dozen of them. I, in this I movie, did notice you know? that. And like I, I like I don't hate the Orion one. I, did. I remember the the Pegasus from TriStar back oh, yeah. in the '90s and stuff. Miracles. Those were cool, but that was only one. There's like twelve of them in this movie. <laughs> So I don't know if it took that many studios to create this thing or it was well funded. (laughs) Yeah. um, So anyway, yes, this is a zombie musical. This is probably the first zombie musical I've ever watched. And um, I guess uh, my first impression of it is that it's a zombie musical. Yeah, Um, I I think I saw a comparison of it's like a it's like a marriage of Shaun of the Dead and High School Musical from Disney clumped together. Okay. I'm exactly with you. I really, really dislike musicals. I am not a fan of them <laughs> at all. I will avoid them at any cost. Yeah. I'm fine with zombie movies. I mean, if they could do something different, like the intro says, hey, if you want to put a different spin on a zombie movie, you just did it by making it a musical. Well, and and I I don't know that that really, that didn't do it, it for me. That was not, I didn't think this was very different just because it was a musical you know you know what's really different if you what you could really do to make a, a zombie film different is have elves and santa having to fight zombie <laughs> yeah, we're going back to that that one. that is a great way to make a different zombie no film. singing i didn't <laughs> i didn't really think that uh <laughs> i didn't really think this did enough to differ and that was one of my problems with this with this film uh legitimate problems that i had with this film was that it was pretty much everything we we don't we don't see anything new here really no um but that being said, I mean, it's got some things that, that it does well. I don't know. 
Have you ever seen the movie Rocket Man? It's the it's the biopic about I saw yeah uh, uh, about uh, Elton John. Elton John, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of that before that movie even came out because okay. the, the story in between the songs was very decent. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it was spectacular because, again, like you said, there's nothing new that's being broken out. No. You know, you know what? In that film, like the music, I didn't even remember that was a musical, but you're right. That was. And it, the, the music was more integrated. My problem with musicals is like when you've got like a scene going on and then all of a sudden it's interrupted by all this dancing. It just totally takes me out of it. I can't, it causes me to not be able to suspend my disbelief. It it definitely was more seamless in Rocket Man. I mean, it was a brilliant, I I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, Rocket Man was actually, that was a good musical. I Uh, did like that movie. uh, But it did the same kind of thing, like where it's like you're having a conversation and then there's a song about that conversation that you're having. Right. Um, so anytime they burst into song, I rolled my eyes and went, oh, yeah, that's exactly. You know, I, I felt kind of the same way, but some of these moves, some of these songs are OK. Some if of these songs are pretty good. Them, if you're going to judge them on songs, you're right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I can tell I, I wrote down the songs and I wrote down which ones I liked and which ones. There were some songs that sucked in this movie, too, I oh, thought. Yeah. Uh, and, and it does it, The movie takes a while To get going actually You know You've got this Girl's dad Driving around And you know you got this situation Where she's not Going to go to college Or whatever She's going to travel The world And he's angry at her Or whatever And that's not Anything new For a, a zombie movie Either I mean there's always Like some sort of Petty conflict That contrasts With the with the Dark situation They're in And you know In a half an hour Down the road In the movie You know that, What I did appreciate uh, In that In that very that that very first scene where they're in the mm-hmm. car, it's uh, her friend John or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Anna. Yeah. And you hear on the radio, oh, this pandemic is of epic proportions. People are just walking because they were talking about a pandemic. So it really kind of drew me in a little bit. Yeah. Just because of what we're going through now. Yeah. I mean, if, if we weren't going through this, it would mean nothing to me. But I understand what a pandemic is now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, this movie's from 2017, so yeah. it wasn't Yeah, written. it obviously had nothing to do with now, but it, it what did, we are right. in brought no, me into it. So. I did I did, I did uh, notice that, too, and I, it, I guess it elicited a groan from me as well. I'm like, oh, man, John's not only making me watch a zombie movie, but it's, a, you know, they're talking about pandemics and stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't real excited about that, that Let part of it. Let me escape from it. Yeah, I, right, exactly. I don't want to watch movies about pandemics. I didn't either, but I just thought it kind of drew me in a little bit. And maybe I groaned. I don't remember. No, no, it's, it, that, that's, it's not a diss on the movie or anything. I, just, I was like, oh, I, I was a little bit, you know, sometimes I get, and, and, and I thought maybe you were trolling me here because, uh, you know, I'm supposed to executive produce this show and I haven't really held up my end of the bargain. I've been a little depressed during 2020 and haven't really done my job and John's ended up picking a lot of these movies that we're going to watch because because I don't do my job at, at horror for you. Well, and I, I see things that pop up and I'm like, ooh, that looks interesting. Right. And, and, and if I did, if I picked this movie, I'm sorry. No, I whiffed. You need to apologize. I, I this totally is, whiffed on this because look, I'm just going to bring up two movies and then I need to say no more. Okay, okay, Aerobicide okay. If and Veronica. Okay, but uh, yeah, those were my fault. You're right. But 
I knew you were going to say Veronica. I mean, come on. I have to, man. Oh, sure, right. It's our, it's our it's our Serbian film of 2020. Yeah, I guess Serbian film is. I love that movie, but anyway, uh, it's, uh, so it takes a little bit to get going here. There's this whole setup and stuff, and then there's this uh, song "Breakaway" that uh, they do in the cafeteria, and it's actually a pretty good song. I liked that "Breakaway." Basically, she's talking about like how she's going to get away. It's before any of the zombie stuff has really happened. Yeah. Well, the story I picked up there was that Anna used to be popular. Yeah. And then she got shunned because apparently she was promiscuous with this guy. Um, John. John. No, Nick. Oh, Nick. It was okay. Nick. Nick was the jock jerk guy. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, but apparently he was insinuating that they have slept multiple times together. Oh, Nick. Yeah, that's that's who I'm talking about. I yeah. I, I got their names mixed up. So yeah, that, the guy played by Ben Wiggins. Yeah. Nick. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so so she... The guy beating the zombies with the bat later on, yeah. Yeah, she's so unhappy there, and then all of a sudden breaks out into a song called Breakaway. <laughs> yeah, and it was a good song. Breakaway was a decent song. It was like, you know, something that might play on uh, our sister station here that, uh, you know, the, the other top 40 station. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it was a pretty, it was a good like top 40 sounding song uh, then uh, they got into this no such thing as a Hollywood ending song which is kind of like a theme for the movie and they play it multiple times I thought this song sucked actually I thought it was a bad song it was lame and there was like this these explicit lyrics in it that kind of from it yeah. there's a lot of there's like one verse that had a lot of f words and stuff like that in it and i don't i love explicit lyrics i used to listen to live crew and nwa when i was a kid oh, yeah. you know, so, too short so Easy. yeah well, yeah too short was great man i love too short but too you know crew. so it's not like i'm i'm against I, I was offended by these lyrics or anything it just didn't it lend to the song and it kind of like seemed lazy when you you know i don't know Sometimes when you use uh, those kind of words in a song, it's because you're lazy and the ver- it didn't add anything to the verses. And I thought it actually kind of, uh, I don't know, detracted. Di- detracted from it, you know, yeah. so like like a like a censored version. Is, it's like that um, Gwen Stefani song. Um, Hollaback girl. girl. Like the censored version, I think, is actually better than the than the non-censored version because the uh, the swear words are so jarring in it that it, yeah. it, it, it it like detracts from the song. And that's the same thing I thought happened here in this. No such thing as a Hollywood ending song. I, and I guess I didn't pick up on that. I mean, it was basically trying to say the theme of, you know, you're so stuck in a rut that you need to explore. And, right. you know, some people feel like, well, the the world sucks or whatever. Um I just the theme I got from that was just a dumb way of saying teenage angst. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I thought the choreography in this dance was dumb too. They were just kind of spinning around and stuff, and jumping <laughs> See, on tables. I'm going to go back to Rocket Man because it's like the story in between was good. It felt it felt polished, but then it's like you segue into these songs and it felt like a uh like a um Broadway production. I totally agree with you. Like like and that's the difference between this and Rocket Man. Like the songs were well integrated into Rocket Man, right? And in this, they were. They, it was. It was like, okay, now we're gonna take a break from the story and sing a song. Yeah, you know. And, okay, so now we're on stage, but now we're in the now. Now we're back into the movie. Right. Right. So I don't know. That seemed goofy. Then there's this. Um, I don't know. They work at this Thunderballs bowling alley. Is that um, what it's called? Thunderballs? Yeah, Thunderballs is the bowling alley that they, nice. they work at. And uh, so there's a scene where uh, where she 
wakes up and you know she's going to go to school or she's walking to school i believe or mm-hmm. whatever and ends up at thunderballs and I, I heard it uh like related to the Shaun of the dead scene where he's you know he gets up and he goes through his morning routine and doesn't realize that there's zombies going i really thought this was more rep- reminiscent of the uh 2006 dawn of the dead that's what i put down i actually yeah. wrote that down because it's just you see chaos and everything else yeah. like that um, I, I could see the similarities of Shaun of the Dead because he's completely oblivious where, you're, where he just right. goes to the convenience store, buys a, a pastry and a Coke. Right. So John and Anna are kind of transposed in this. Their morning routines are getting transposed or whatever. You know, we're going we're breaking between these two scenes. Right. And they're both singing this song. Uh, what, what was it called? How did the how did it go? It was um, uh, I am miles away or something was one of the one of the refrains in it yeah and it was a decent song this was a good song too i i liked this song yeah and then they had a decent song i thought it was a decent song and they you know both of these uh the guy who plays john and the guy who plays they're the and anna um um ella hunt are great singers oh they they sing well you know they do great great job on, on most of these songs uh with what they're what they've got to work with uh but yeah i didn't i didn't really get the Shaun of the dead reference there i got more of it was definitely more of an homage to dawn of the dead i think but i think that's where well no because i guess Shaun of the dead came out first right uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, well, Dawn of the Dead was 2006. Shaun of the Well, let's let's find out. Um, I'll look it up. Keep talking. I'm sorry. Is it two, yeah, Shaun of the Dead was first, 2004. Yeah. So here's my thought: is that I, the only reason why I, I can understand the the argument with Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. is because that's exactly what happens after a night of drinking. Yeah. Shaun goes from his what do they call it a flat or whatever, right? And goes to the convenience store, and as he's walking back, the camera's kind of perfectly placed behind him, kind of to the side, right? And you see these people like running in and out. They're bloody. They're not screaming or anything, but they're zombies, right? But is it, I? It, it's more prolific in. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake. The scene in Dawn of the Dead, which is a great scene, one of my favorite scenes in a zombie movie. Talk about an awesome cold intro, man. It, it was, that was a great, great scene. And, you know, it goes into the opening credits and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they got the, the civil defense uh, warning on there and things are exploding. Awesome scene. I really love that scene. And this reminded me a lot more of that than it, than it did of Shaun of the Dead at all. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the the... You know, the actors are oblivious to the zombie stuff that's going on around them. But um, I don't know. Uh, I, I just didn't get the Shaun of the Dead reference a whole lot there. Uh, so then, yeah, they, they, they realize that there there's like a zombie uh, outbreak. And yeah, they, they end up at Thunderballs. The zombie apocalypse. Anna is really hesitant about that. Did you? <laughs> I did not like the aesthetic of this movie. No. What, what, didn't, what didn't you like about it? Because it was so green so green and just like maybe they put snow here and there mm-hmm. there was a, there was a point where they go to the to the playground and you could tell what do they call those things the potato the the potato puffs or the the soap flakes oh so yeah the potato flakes yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and it was like that's what it was they were trying to make snow angels there was no breath like like we had talked about right you know when you see a, a movie set in christmas time or in december and it's supposed to be cold and they're they're sitting there and they're like not cold at all. Yeah. You see zero breath and they're trying to make snow angels, except they're probably washing their back. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what's going on. I didn't uh, like the aesthetic. I, I thought the green looked beautiful, but it could have been spring. 
Yeah, I didn't in, in the outdoor scenes. I didn't get a, a feeling of winter at all, and I'm not sure what uh, I'm not sure exactly what part they actually mention a couple times. What part of England this is supposed to be occurring in, or maybe it's no Scotland idea. or something. I, at I, first, I thought it was Australia. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't it, tell. It, it uh, and it, it's obviously a place where like. They may or may not have snow during Christmas because they wake up and, you know, they end up sleeping the night in Thunderballs mm-hmm. and uh, the in, ball the, in the ball pit, actually. I yeah. That. yeah. I don't know that. I was thinking about how difficult that would be to sleep in. I don't think I could sleep in a ball pit. But uh, no, I don't. Th- it couldn't be. It couldn't be good for your back. Yeah, I would think. I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, teenagers can sleep anywhere. I slept on a phone book once as a pillow uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a, in a motel room when I was like 17 years old. But, uh, you know, I could never do that. Now I would die. But exactly right. But. Uh, uh, they wake up in that ball pit and they're like, oh, the snow's all gone, you know? <laughs> so uh, I think maybe they just didn't have the budget to have snow in, in the rest of the movie or something. I don't know. I did love that like, after that sing scene of, of the homage to, to um, Dawn of the Dead, the kill of the zombie. <laughs> he's he's dressed up in a in a snowman, snowman. outfit and the, the whole face and mouth are cut out and he's just, he's got that, it's a good looking zombie. It's, it's nothing you sure. haven't seen before. It looked pretty yeah. good. Um, but the teeter-totter kill. Teeter-totter decapitation was that was pretty great yeah. it was it was like slam his head flies off and and john just screams like a little girl he's like ah. yeah absolutely man i mean uh zombie movies primary benefit for me is a delivery vehicle for un, unashamed gore yeah. you know and violence and this is doing its job at this point when when this snowman decapitation occurs i think it looks great yeah i thought i thought it was and it was like there was a it was a little over the top like it was kind of one of the like one of these uh hong kong uh sword movies where the blood's <laughs> yeah. just spraying out of their other neck it's a Takashi Miike movie. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's, it was kind of Takashi Miike. I, I, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that kill actually. And this has actually some good kills in it. It's got it? a lot. It's got a lot of good kills. Like once it starts happening, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty nonstop, which which is really enjoyable to me. Yeah. So the I watched this in two parts. I watched it like a half an hour of it one night, and then an hour of it the next night. That and I was really kind of dreading that last hour. You know, I was like, oh, I gotta watch the zombie mu- musical, John making me watch <laughs> and uh but you know the the second hour the second the, like the second two-thirds of the film i guess are pretty enjoyable i guess you know if you're a horror fan and don't mind go like enjoy some gore and stuff this is this has got some stuff to offer you there's some really good storylines to it and you don't get them until the end there actually are some really good storylines to this and um you know, uh, the, the, there is there, there. Actually, I was I was very surprised about uh, how I felt about some of the characters by the end of this. You know, did it? Did it uh, and I'm just going to go back real quick because I do a talent show. Oh, um, yeah. You know, singing and dancing. And then like one of the main gals, I forgot her name. Oh, Steph. Yeah. No, no. Steph was the other girl. Uh, um, who is it again? It's um, is it Lisa? Yeah, I think so. Let's call her Lisa. So Lisa uh, sings this song yeah, about getting song. busy with Santa. Yeah. I mean, it's naughty. It, it is a it naughty really is. song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't quite... The humor on that song just didn't hit for me. No, and, it, it took me out a little bit. And, you know, the, like they're setting up the the headmaster to be this evil villain. And like, so there's a headmaster that's 
going out, right? And this new, it must be like the vice principal of his school. He was and just a teacher. There. Yeah. Oh, he was a teacher that was I moving think, into the headmaster he position. Yeah, he wanted that. I thought he was he was going to be the headmaster when when this guy, when the year was over with or whatever. And that's right? what I gathered, too. Yeah. But the, the couple is Lisa, who sang this really stupid song. Right. And Chris, her boyfriend, goes out with Steph. Steph's like the editor of the paper. Right. Um, and they go out and what are they? Uh, they go to the homeless shelter or something like that. You never actually see it, but um, Lisa actually reserves a seat for him so she can watch yeah. or he can watch her sing. Because right. he said, I promise I'll be there for your yeah. song. And he didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my back going back to my point was that they were trying to like show this new headmaster to be some kind of like evil villain. Right. He was. Though. And it, uh, yes, I know he was. And the, and the old guy was like this friendly, awesome guy who and like he's the old guy is like laughing about this super body Christmas song that this uh, this you know high school student is singing with these uh, gyrating guys up on stage with her and and the headmaster is is like kind of uh, angry about it and like, it's how like dare you it's like what's that he's, he's like how dare you yeah exactly and I'm like you know who, uh, I'm not getting the idea that this guy is in the wrong here this, these are high school students you shouldn't be singing stuff like this in high school well, the, especially at a high school holiday concert you know yeah, and maybe guy, maybe I'm the prude here but no, no it, it <laughs> was it was really inappropriate um i thought it was and the it, guy that was like, laughing was anna's dad because apparently he had lost his job and became a janitor of the school right mm-hmm. um well, and we find out later that anna had lost her mom okay I, I i got the wrong idea then so that was anna's dad yeah that was anna's i thought dad. that was the old headmaster that was laughing about like he was like he was thinking it was funny and the and the new headmaster was didn't feel that this totally inappropriate for a high school student song was funny, so that was why he was terrible, you know? Right. And, he, and he, he's obviously very terrible by the end of the movie. This headmaster oh, is yeah. the villain. Yeah, he is. He definitely is. Um, and I gotta say, like, the headmaster sings this song at the end of it where it's like his villain song or whatever <laughs> and it sucks he, he's terrible it sounds so cartoony it does it's it's terrible like uh, you know there's always a villain song in the in these movies this is just not great and like gaston's song in beauty and the beast that's an awesome villain song yeah remember that Ga- oh, yeah uh, yeah that's stone yeah that was th- this should be awesome it should be an awesome song because this guy this character is kind of over the top and stuff and funny and like his villain song should really be the high point of the movie. It should be something you remember. And this, this villain song sucks. Like crescendo. Yeah, no, it, it should. It was very cartoony. It was just like, ha ha, I can do whatever I want. Exactly. Very like, like a, the Beauty and the Beast cartoon or whatever. Right. No, um, it totally sucks. There was actually a funny conversation that they were having in a ball pit um, talking about famous people. Yeah. You know, talking about Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Ryan Gosling. And what about Taylor Swift? Mm-hmm. Well, no, Tay-Tay's fine. <laughs> Yeah, there was. It made me laugh. I was like, that oh, was hey, way to bring pop culture into this. Because, I mean, it's still very topical. So, uh, some of the kills of the zombies when the kids were at the bowling alley yeah. were, were great. They were. There's yeah. a bowling ball, like two of them smashed a, one's head. A spatula kill. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Steph turns it upside down and sticks it into the, the zombie's throat, which looked great. That, that Actually, that was a great kill. I, I did like that spatula kill, although it didn't really kill him. No. He was running he around after up, that. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was good. The, what do they call those things? The pen separator? Yeah. Like one one of them got his head stuck on there. It got <laughs> chopped off a mop. Uh, the, the broom of a mop right through the head. 
Right. And then some, somebody got hit in the head with a pen, so you had to do that because you're at a bowling alley. Right. <laughs> no, those are those are some again, a zombie movies. You know, benefit is is honest. We don't have to be, we don't have to feel bad about these these things getting killed. We don't have to have any feelings about you know their whether it's right or not to kill them. Zombies need need to be killed. You know, they need to be destroyed. And they need to be destroyed. And then a lot of times it's gross and bloody. So it gives us it's a, a unashamed delivery vehicle for gore and violence. And it's doing it. The film definitely does its job there. Right. But you know, another thing is I, I I didn't see anything super new here there was nothing like that was all that clever in the uh in in the kill department i didn't no, no. i didn't really see anything that sticks out to me the snowman teeter-totter decapitation which is preposterous and could have never happened but whatever it's still a good kill yeah uh, i did think that the two bowling balls smashed it the smash together to crush the head that yeah. that to me was fun okay yeah no it, it was but there wasn't anything like uh groundbreakingly awesome here that i it, i'm gonna remember forever or, i know and after that though there's nothing really memorable about it i did like the way they escaped because it's the next morning they t- and you find out the ball pit's just like one of these kiddie pools so they're all yeah. hiding on it like like a turtle right you know and trying to get away <laughs> and then they, oh zombies are coming drops down and the zombie lady sits down on top of it and starts taking a piss yeah that's right and sitting on steph's head uh yeah she's sitting on your face right now yeah i and you know i i thought right away i'm like well it's plastic who cares but they did say that but but it's warm (laughs) right then they get saved by nick yeah so this is um there you know I think this is again kind of a trope in in these movies that these uh, like jerks or you know people who are not very nice are the ones who kind of succeed in in a world you know where zombies are attacking. Yeah, and, exactly like you know, Ty Burrell did in, in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is not again nothing new. He's kind of uh, this jerk who's uh, you know penchant for for you know wanting being able to kill and and inflicting violence is actually helpful to him in this kind of world you know so this is again nothing new it's it's nothing like profound that this movie is trying to say or anything like that and not getting anything you know amazing out of out of that but there was a pretty good song here i liked the i don't call it i wouldn't call this the villain song but i liked the you know introduction song of uh of nick nick and his and his friends i thought it was pretty good it was called soldier at war soldier at war yes that that was a good that's a little offensive i mean it's like i get it you're fighting off zombies but Mm -hmm. you're no soldier well, no, I get, yeah, I, I get, I see what you're saying there, but it, well, I thought it was a decent song and, you know, during the, during the song, they're killing some zombies and there's some decent kills going on that again, aren't all that memorable, but it's okay. Right. In between those scenes though, after, after the song and the kills, they go back to the school and you see the, the teacher, he's like, you know, I'm going to take a stand. This is my school. Not thinking that, okay, well, maybe because they're in this zombie apocalypse that he's just going to, you know, take back his school and get rid of the zombies. We'll right. find out later. Um, I This is where the story kind of builds pretty well, is that John will always be in the friend zone with Anna. Yeah. Even though he does everything for her. Yeah, I, I, I definitely got that I, I get i've seen this character before in other yeah. movies too yeah yeah it's kind of a, a, a nice guy the, the quintessential nice guy yeah um, he's definitely the nice guy getting squished and you know <laughs> um and and he actually gets killed he does <laughs> um but anna does have a crush on nick 
Yeah, I, I think there's definitely uh, some feelings still there even after their relationship is over. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, and, and that uh, that is evident by kind of the way things go after this whole scene with the soldier at war song, mm-hmm. you know, after the soldier at war song, I think it's, it's and that. And that's interestingly when John dies too, yep. is right after that song. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause they're going through, it's a shortcut. Oh, let's take the shortcut. Never yeah. do that. There's a trope for you. <laughs> of course not. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll maybe there's more to think about there. Cause like, yeah, he, he has like this, uh, John, I think definitely has some feelings for Anna, he but he's does. the nice guy, you know, friend zoned guy, uh, that, uh, that is never going to get her. And Nick shows up and all of a sudden John's dead. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the <laughs> thing, though, is that that um, John is pushing Anna in a cart and, you know, he's saying, well, you know, you shouldn't be with him, you know. And she says something to the extent of, you'll always be my best friend. Yes. And it's like, see the look on his face. He just goes, aww. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's something more to think about there. I didn't think maybe that kind of kills him or something. Yeah, you know? it does. It's just like, okay, there's there, his all hope for life is gone. Right. He right. has no chance with it. So just be eaten by a zombie. Why not? Screw it, man. Go ahead. I don't care. So, yeah, there's some something to think about there. I think that that's kind of an interesting point. Definitely. Nick's friends all die. Yeah. Um. Oh man, principal. And, this is where you find out the principal that told him. Well, and okay, so the principal is a pretty stereotypical jerk. And again, you have this kind of character in every one of these. I think you got characters like this in uh, in that show that's on uh, Walking Dead. Uh, you got these characters who are you know have some power and they're jerky about it. Well, you know, and here's so this here's, is nothing here's where new it's a high school movie. play or a high school musical is. Yeah. They try to establish him with a look. I mean, it looked like he had fake, like a wig on, yeah. a fake beard, the tweed sports coat, yeah. and just the nerdiest kind of, you know, almost like melodramatic, I don't know, drama class dropout. Just, hey, this is what you need to do. Because he, he was like overacting the whole movie. And he, he carried the look of... I'm villainous, like mm-hmm. twiddle his uh, mustache or whatever. So they lo- he likes the kids in these in uh, in the cafeteria, I guess it is, because everybody had turned to zombies. Yeah. Well, he he had kind of caused that. Yeah. He, well, yeah, by locking him in there. He has this conversation with. Uh, let, let's get back to that. But I want to talk about. It. He he has this conversation with this woman, where she said, "We need to band together, and we all all need to cooperate." And he's you know he's. Uh, He's being this jerk about it, and, mm. and and again, this is something that like every zombie movie has in it. It's like, do we all cooperate in times of uh, distress, or do we become jerks who exert our power during this time? You know, so I, I, I'm like, I'm rolling my eyes at that scene too, you know. But yes, he does he does lock all those uh, kids in there mm-hmm. uh, to save himself, basically. Yeah, it's amazing how they distract the zombies too. One of them's looking at the beautiful decorations. Uh, you got like a horde of them that are staring at the TV, watching a you know just a TV. So that's com- they completely distracted them. Mm-hmm. They should have thrown phones at them and you know yeah. really put made, on, a sta- made a statement about our put on you know, Angry Birds, okay, yes. and just let them play with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that would distract zombies. Angry Birds probably would. Yeah, there was like uh, I, I don't know. This is kind of a trope too. Is uh, sparkly things. 
guns, uh, distract zombies. <laughs> well, he was just <laughs> from Romero, isn't it? Because uh, he always shot fireworks to distract the zombies. In, yeah, I think so. Like, there, there was the Romero noise. Films. I think they did that in the OG Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And Dawn like of the, one of the original them. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. That's where that came from. So sparkly things like distract vampires. Well, maybe Day of the Dead. Maybe it was Day of the Dead, but okay. I don't. Remember. I remember them shooting off fireworks to distract zombies. One of the it's Romero like, films. So uh, this is in, and, and, you know, I, again, here we're talking about something and we're trying to have some kind of message or something. And they're all staring at the TV and you're right. It should have been angry birds or like Facebook scrolling up and uh, that, that should have been distracting. Give them the TikTok app. We get it. That would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was a good scene, no, a good scene between uh, uh, Nick and Anna where he revealed that his dad was turning yeah. and gave him a bat to kill him. Yes. So so he's he's definitely got his angst and you know makes makes the character more likable. Indeed it, it definitely does. This scene this scene takes Nick it makes him a different character, you know. Yeah. He's a lot kind more sympathetic kind of a great this. arc to him. It, it it was and there were there were a couple of these in, in this movie and the ending had some I mean, when this, uh, I got a little bit of the feels when this guy's Gam Gam dies. Oh know? my goodness. <laughs> it was so sad. For Chris, yeah. Yeah, you know, his grand, he called her his grand, and he's coming to, you know, like, uh, what was it, Lisa was kind of trying to well, protect just comforting her. her. Comforting her, yeah. Got got her out of there to make sure, because she, she had heart problems. Yeah. Got her out of there, put her in like a AV closet or something exactly. like that. Got her a mattress so she could lay down. Yeah. Um, Chris and Steph find her. Yeah. And, you know, she's just like, Chris, I'm sorry. And, you know, he has a special moment. Mm -hmm. The acting I thought was the best was from Steph. Yeah. Her emotions were so real. Yeah, and, and I'm just not used to that kind of emotion in movies, so that kind of <laughs> hits for me. Yeah, no, I, you don't get that kind of horror, like, emotion in a horror movies. If it's, if something like that happens, there's like, uh, you know, you can have tragedy and stuff in a, uh, mm -hmm. but it's more horrific than feely, you know? <laughs> so well, I wasn't, I, so I, I guess I was a little bit uh, moved by that, a couple of these scenes, because I'm not used to that kind of thing in most of the movies that I watch. Right, and I, I understand what you're saying that that's more horrific for example just like hereditary yeah yes yeah, so that's exactly what i what i was thinking of like i'm like when when are there other really tragic sad deaths and and hereditary is one of them when when uh, the daughter gets her head cut off oh, yeah. but that's more like oh oh my god it's not like oh my god, i want to cry right now well, you know? and you didn't want to you just were more terrified when the yeah. mom found her yes exactly i didn't have the kind of feeling i had when i saw gam gam here yeah. Or Gran, I guess he calls it. When I saw Gran dead, I really felt very sad. You know, I, I, I it made me almost like tear up. Where when when uh, I forget what the girl's name in Hereditary is, but when she died, I was more like, oh my god, that's just awful. You know, didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it it didn't move me to tears at all. It just it, it was just horrific. Well, you know? And maybe maybe a scene that wasn't as powerful as that was the the moment where the couple Chris and and um, Lisa get bit. I, I agree. I think that. That was sad too. Yeah, I was, yeah, was, was kind of moved by that as well. Because you're like, these zombies are distracted by, a, a, um, you know, a memories video like you'd find in your yearbook, and they're watching this thing like, ooh, this is the most interesting thing in the world. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they snap out of it. They bite Chris. They bite. Um, God, is her name Lisa? Yeah, yes, Lisa okay. is her name. Okay, mm -hmm. they bite both of them, but then they have this moment where they're spending their last moments as 
human beings, not zombies, just holding each other. And then another great scene from the character that played Steph, just sitting there going like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And they sacrifice themselves for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. No, it's, and, you know, like getting back to Nick, uh, he that, that whole thing with his dad, that was moving, too. Oh, it really was. You know, and he says uh, is a great line. He said uh, his dad told him, don't you let me down for once. And I think that just says like volumes about their relationship. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, it, it was really uh, pretty impactful. So I was I was impressed by that. at the Well, end of and he movie. continued it because he saved uh, Anna. He distracted like the horde of zombies, like five or six of yeah. them that were coming after both of them. And, you know, it's like playing the getaway so she could get out because mm-hmm. she wants to find her dad. Her dad's not anywhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the end scene where the... Um where the headmaster, you know, takes it and, and her dad kind of is involved in that. That was all right. I mean, you know, th- there's this uh, foreshadowing where this star comes down and knocks, almost knocks someone off the stage. And Well, that was, that almost knocked that headmaster out. Right. He's like, and you know, he, he made a, he made, he made some sort of comment at the beginning of the movie. Oh man, I, you know, I need better people up here. Right. <laughs> So I don't know. The ending was okay. The, the way they got rid of the villain was all right. I wasn't. This isn't a super memorable scene. But what I, I really oh, go ahead. No, I, the one, one thing I did like mm-hmm. is he did get knocked over, but he had this he had this look of euphoria as yeah. if he'd done something right. Yeah, you know, and he's smiling like ah, oh, you know, the <laughs> spotlight's on me because mm-hmm. that's that's what the you know that song that he sang was um, right, and then. You hear them screaming because they're ripping them apart, mm-hmm. which you've seen in other zombie movies. But yeah. it was to me that was funny. Yeah, I just I wasn't real moved by the nothing, and I didn't. Again, I didn't really care about this headmaster guy. He didn't. No. He didn't hit me as. I mean, I was, he was obviously a terrible villain. He had locked children and let them become zombies, and he was a terrible leader who was out for himself. And obviously, he was going to take over the school and add all this ambition and stuff. But I didn't really care that much about his character or seeing him go down. You know, and the fight between um, Anna's dad and him didn't really hit for me either. I guess it wasn't especially moving. What I really did. Did like was the end when Nick and Anna are you know just resolved to being killed by all these zombies. They're the zombies are in, encroaching on them. They aren't going to make it, and uh, the blonde girl shows up with her car. Yeah, saves their butts. It was that was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> she, and she was really. I think you said it. You, you know when we were t- we always talk have some of our best conversations before the podcast. But she was really one of the best characters in this, and I don't think we talked a lot about her. Uh, uh, she was she was very like. She was very likable. She was so she was the one American in this film. She'd obviously been moved over to England, and her parents were in Mexico. Yeah, so her parents are in Mexico. Alone. Right, she's alone. She's a very sympathetic character. And again, I I felt a lot for. She's a likable character. I felt a lot for her in this movie. The person who played her did a great job, and and also has some great songs. And you know, is a good singer. Yeah, wrapped up. Dancer. They're in the car, just driving. They don't know where they're going. Right. And then you get a, like a one jump scare. The one jump scare where the Santa zombie jumps in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. that was all right too. And then the uh, no Hollywood ending song. <laughs> yeah, and we had to listen to that again. And then the animation <laughs> for the credits. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. why, why that? I don't know. I thought that was all right. I didn't have a problem. It reminded with that. me of like. Christmas vacation. Yeah, I know. I, I thought that was kind of cool. I think that's what it was supposed to be. It's kind of an homage. I did, it didn't hit me right. I don't know. I don't know. Do we miss anything? I, I, don't, I don't think so, John. 46 <laughs> minutes, bud. All right. Wow, All right. Okay. So uh, are you ready to give your score for yeah, so. the Apocalypse? Yep. 
All right, what you got? Is it good, bad, or is it a classic and your score? <laughs> oh boy. Anna and the Apocalypse is a good movie. Is it? You know, if you like musicals and you like zombie movies, you're going to love Anna and the Apocalypse. So there's a couple of songs that suck, mm. and, and the, the, the major villain is not on the level of some musicals I've seen, like uh, Gaston, for instance. I keep going back to that. Or, mm. you know, there's, there's musicals that just have fantastic villains, and this is not one of them. Mm. The rest of the cast is really, um, and I think, like, you know, as a villain, Nick is actually a, a better villain until he makes his turn right. um, and more compelling than the headmaster is. Um, and some of the songs are, are pretty darn good, actually. And and the, this cast is very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's it's a hit and miss on the choreography here. Like some of these dance dance numbers and stuff are great. Like the uh, Nick and his friends, uh, whatever that song was called, when they're killing the zombies. There's some great dancing and choreography in that scene. It's like Grease Lightning from Grease. It almost was. You know, Grease it was Lightning. it was great. Or you know the jerk sh- the jets and the sharks when they're fighting with each other. There you, you know? go. Sorry. You know, was, there's some good stuff you know uh and, and if you like zombies and you like musicals which i don't but to be fair to people who do i i would probably give this um and i'm gonna try to leave my own uh you know biases out of this I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give this three stars if, if you like that sort of thing mm-hmm. because i think there's some great songs i think there's some good choreography there is some moving parts to this and and uh the characters some of these characters are really good Agreed, 100%. Uh, I've tried to keep a objective view of this because my critic brain being on, I too dislike musicals quite a bit. <laughs> the songs really didn't do anything for me. I, I agree that, that they're catchy. Yeah. Um, I thought this movie's too long. Hmm. I yeah. think they could have chopped so, a lot of this. So you know that there's uh, there's three different cuts of this. Oh my god! And we we watched the I think shortest cut. Good, good, <laughs> because I don't think I could have taken any more. Like you said, it's watching the first half half hour of the movie, and then last hour starts picking up. Mm-hmm. I actually really really like the acting. Yeah, I liked some of the stories that happened. You're right. I mean the 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 antagonist was was dumb mm-hmm. way over the top just in the way they dressed him and mannerisms were just like oh, okay so you're trying to tell me who not to root for right i kind of like the way they put the zombies just as a neutral thing that this is what happens when a zombie apocalypse happens mm-hmm. you know didn't make them look not not to say they weren't menacing but they would just Reacting to what they knew, or or a zombie brain would know. Right. Um, you know, there was a point where John and Lisa, when they turned to zombies, they touch hands, which I thought was a, actually a pretty effective scene. I thought it was dumb the way they got distracted, like yeah. the dog saying squirrel. <laughs> um, I too am going to say this is a good movie. Um, I think you'd like it. I think this would be a good watch for somebody that doesn't like brutal brutal horror movies sure like slashers and stuff like that mm-hmm. there, there there is some nice gore in here there's some real gore in this uh, i mean it's, but it's i think you'll get f- some fun of it yeah i'm not gonna go as high as you i'm gonna say it's a two but it is a good movie um and it's really <laughs> it's not fair because i really dislike musicals so do i and putting my bias aside for that i mean i would not recommend this if i if i was talking to somebody who i knew liked the movies i do i would never recommend this movie to them right but if you like musicals and you like zombie movies 
I can tell you, you're going to like this movie. Yep. It's, it's a, or if you're looking for some sort of blend of horror and musical. It's unique. <laughs> it's unique what they did, how they blended horror, comedy, and musical. I, I it's agree. It's very yeah. unique. Yeah. Um, so I, I credit the, the director for that a lot definitely because not a whole lot new that you'd ever see but no. a definitely good movie two from me three from Andy oh boy coming up next week best of 2020 I was putting together my list yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm just like man we didn't get a chance to like we had, we had seen as many modern movies in 2019 when we started this or no yeah. what, was it no yeah, we started in 20, uh, oh, 2018 18, yeah. in March. Mm-hmm. And then we only had like a, like less than a year to watch all those movies when we did right. our best of. Yeah. But this one, you know, we <laughs> we had an entire year, but everything being canceled. But I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. We're going to kick off 2021 coming back to Friday after New Year's Castle Freak, the remake. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. On Shudder. And um, I'm a big I, fan of the original, actually. I'm not going to mention what we're doing the next week because we're still talking about that one. Mm-hmm. So. I, I won't mention it. Andy, we know you have some books out there. You've collaborated with a author. So would you like yeah. to give them a plug and you a plug? <laughs> sure. Since you're going to give it to me, we don't like, I don't pay for this or anything. John no, but you're my, talk about you're it. my co-host. We are co-hosts yeah. together. If I was doing something, I would I let, appreciate let it. I would talk about it. So, no, yeah, I, so we're doing a, co- a collaboration. I'm doing a collaboration with a local author named Claire Hartley. Uh, and I, I do a fantasy series called Descendancy of Chiron. Uh, and she's written, uh, there are vampires in that fantasy world that I created. And she's kind of expanding the vampire mythos uh, through a an erotic vampire novel series. Um, mm-hmm. And she's kind of using the world building that I've done. And I'm helping her with that part of it. She's writing the romantic erotic parts of it, which I could never do. I suck at writing romance. Uh, I mean, I've tried. I just, what? yeah, well, <laughs> there's, there's some romantic relationships in a couple of my novels and they're just totally glance over. It's a total weakness of mine. So I thought this was uh, first of all, an, a, a chance for me to kind of get an insight into how to write that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, two, to, um, you know, allow Claire to kind of uh, tell her story uh, without, um, you know, having to to do the parts of it that uh, that you know just get to her own story without having to do uh, a lot of the other work that she's not interested in doing so absolutely and yeah. where, where can you find her first book because I know the second one's coming out January, January 12th I want to say yeah uh, you can find it at Amazon.com she's written a prequel which doesn't have to do with vampires called Amelia's Escape and then uh, serve let's see this one is the, the first book is called uh, Dominion of the Vampire and the second one is called Servant of the Vampire it's available for pre-order right now coming out January 12th and uh, you can uh, look all that up uh, by looking up Claire Hartley on Amazon.com, C-L-A-I-R-H-E-A-R-T-L-E-Y. And go to AndyGilly.com, A-N-D-Y-G-I. It's actually Andrew Oh, sorry, AndrewGilly.com, A-N-D-R-E-W-G-I-L-L-E.com. Look at his works. He talks about the Horror For You podcast. You can get his books there as well. Absolutely. Everybody have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review us if you listen to us on iTunes. Enjoy us anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, Go follow us on all of our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, even though we're not very active on that. Everybody have a great Christmas, and we will talk to you next week.